0: In Psalm 40, we'll start in verse 1 there, once I turn over there. In verse 1, it says, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined unto me, and he heard my cry. He brought me up out of the horrible pit and out of the miry clay and set my feet upon a rock and established my goings. He hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God; many shall see it and fear and shall trust in the Lord. Blessed is the man that maketh the Lord his trust and respecteth not the proud, nor is turned aside to lies. Many, O Lord, O my Lord, are thy wonderful works which thou hast done, and thy thoughts which are toward us. They cannot be reckoned up in order unto thee. If I have declared and speak of them, they are more than can be numbered. Sacrifice and offering thou didst not desire. Mine ears hast thou opened, burnt offering and sin offering that thou not require. Then said I, lo, I come and the volume of the book it is written to me. I delight to do thy will. O my God, yea, the law that is within my heart. I have preached righteousness in the great congregation. Lo, I have not refrained my lips. O Lord, thou knowest me. I have not hid my righteousness within my heart. I have declared thy faithfulness and thy salvation. I have not concealed thy loving kindness and thy truth from the great congregation. Withhold not thou thy tender mercies from me, O Lord. Let thy loving kindness and thy truth continually preserve me. For innumerable evils have compassed about me. Mine iniquities have taken hold upon me so that I am not able to look up. They are more than the hairs of mine head and therefore my heart faileth me. Be pleased, O Lord, to deliver me. O Lord, make haste to help me. Let them be ashamed and confounded together that to seek after my soul to destroy it. Let them be driven backwards and put to shame that wish me evil. Let them be desolate and for a reward of their shame that say unto me, Aha! Aha! Let them all that seek thee rejoice and be glad in thee. Let such that love thy salvation say continually, The Lord be magnified. But I am poor and needy. Yet the Lord thinketh upon me. Thou art my help, my deliverer. Make no tearing, O my God. So the psalmist David here wrote to the Lord, spoke to the Lord regarding protection and praise. The first couple verses there are, grab your attention. It says, I wait patiently for the Lord and he inclined unto me and heard my cry. He brought me up out of the horrible pit, out of the miry clay and set my feet upon a rock and established my goings. Despite our circumstances in this life, we can always count on the Lord providing us with a way of salvation. As long as we keep our eyes intently focused on Him, and our ears listening to what He would say to us, and our heart focused upon the Word of God. The psalmist there says, I waited patiently for the Lord. It's not the Lord's on our time. We're on the Lord's time. And it is us that listens to him and his instruction. But in the difficulties that we face, remaining focused on him, he sets us on the sure foundation. I don't know, I always think that as a future tense. Speaking there, David says, he set my feet on the rock. On Christ is what I think about. And he established my goings. David looked to the Lord for the direction and the guidance that he needed to carry out his life. And those instances where he failed to do so, we see what happened. But again, we know that God said there was no man who... It's hard after his own. Hey, okay. Jubilee, sit. Sorry. Sit down. <clears throat> so then he goes down further and he says, He hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it and fear and shall trust in the Lord. So in all of these doings, he established him, he put him on the rock, despite the difficulties that surrounded him, and he gave him a song to praise the Lord with. And the people that saw it, he says, and many shall see it, fear and shall trust in the Lord. Have a seat. So, here we see this particular instance, and he says that many will see it and fear it and shall trust in the Lord. Well, David was renowned. And the nation of Israel, he was an example to them. So whatever he faced in life, those that around him that saw him could, could give honor and praise to the Lord, fear him, and he says, "Blessed is the man that maketh the Lord his trust and respecteth not the proud nor such as turn aside to lies." That is in truth, I don't know what is. Brothers and sisters, we need to m- maintain our focus on the Lord, even despite what, we've, what we face in this life. David was surrounded on all sides by many of his enemies, and yet he still sought the Lord later on down there, he says, for innumerable evils, in verse 12, have compassed about me. Mine iniquities have taken hold of me so that I am not able to look up. They are more than the hairs of mine hand and therefore my heart felleth. Ple- be pleased, O Lord, to deliver me. O Lord, make haste to help me. His cry of protection was to the Lord. He wasn't able to look up, but guess what? His 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 thoughts and his... Mind was and his heart was focused on the Lord. How many times in our life do we have those afflictions and the things like David suffered? Do we maintain our focus on the Lord or do we get distracted by the woes that we face? There is no protection and no. no strength greater than our God. He says, let them be ashamed and confounded together to seek after my soul to destroy it. Let them be driven backwards and put to shame them that wish me evil. The Lord can do a lot of things. You see time and time again in the Old Testament accounts there that the Lord confounded the enemy. cause them to be scared by thunder and lightning and run away to try to you know, end up killing themselves or confuse them to the point where they killed one another. There is no circumstance that the Lord can't take control of. And praise the Lord for that. He says there, let them be a, desolate, a desolate, uh, be desolate for a reward of their shame that they stand to me. Aha, aha. And there he goes back and says, let all those who seek thee rejoice and be glad in thee and let, thy love, let such as thy, love thy salvation say continually, the Lord be magnified. But I am poor and needy, yet the Lord thinketh upon me that thou art my help and my deliverer. Make no tearing, O my God. Maintaining the, our focus on serving the Lord, like we talked about back over in Micah, to do the right thing, to have an affection for the Lord's mercy and to be humble in regards to our God. Let's look at First Samuel chapter 15. First Samuel chapter 15. We're familiar with the account of Saul as king and his transgressions before the Lord. Verse 21 of chapter 15 of, of 1 Samuel, it says, but the people took of the spoils sheep and oxen, the chief of things, which were, should have been utterly destroyed to sacrifice unto the Lord thy God and Gilgal. And Samuel said, hath the Lord is great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord. Behold, to obey is better than to sacrifice and to hear Uh, to hearken than the fat of rams. For rebellion is a sin of witchcraft and stubbornness is as iniquity and adultery because thou hast rejected the word of thy Lord. He hath also rejected thee from being king. And Saul said unto Samuel, I have sinned for I have transgressed the commandment of the Lord and thy words because I feared the people and obeyed their voice. Now, therefore, I pray thee, pardon my sin and turn again with me that I might worship the Lord. Samuel said unto Saul, I will not return with thee, for thou hast rejected the word of God. And the Lord hath rejected thee from being king over Israel. And uh, Samuel turned around to go away, and he laid hold of the skirt of his mantle and it rent. And Samuel said unto him, The Lord hath rent the kingdom of Israel from thee this day and have given it to a neighbor of thine that is better than thou. Saul's rejection of, the, of God's direction caused not only himself harm, but it caused harm for the nation of Israel. Because the king was the chief example among the people, and his sin and his lack of disregard for the Lord's instruction caused him to lose the kingship and his position amongst the people. Samuel, and what Samuel said in verse two is kind of, kind of eye-catching. It says, and Samuel said, half the Lord has great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord. Behold, to obey is better than to sacrifice and to hearken than the fat of rams. Isn't that familiar with what is said over in Micah? Brothers and sisters, the Lord drew no, drew no glory and honor from those sacrifices. Why? Because they didn't come from the heart with faith and trust in the Lord. Yet it was more of a obligation or a ritual, if you will, for the removing of their sins and the things which were committed. Basically, Samuel was telling him, you can offer all the sacrifices you want, but what the Lord wants is your heart. The Lord wants Him for, for you to trust in Him. Let's look at Isaiah chapter 57. Isaiah chapter 57. verses 15 through 21 Isaiah 57 verses 15 through 21 it says for thus saith the high and lofty one that inhabiteth eternity whose name is holy I dwell in the high and holy place with him also that it is of a contrite and humble spirit to revive the spirit of, hum, of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. For I will not contend forever, neither will I always be wroth. For the spirit should fail before me and the souls which I have made. For the iniquity of his covetousness was I wroth and smote him, and I hid me and was wroth, and he went away on frowardly in the way of his heart." I have seen his ways and will heal him, and I will lead him also and restore comforts unto him and to his mourners. I create the fruit of the lips. Peace to him that is afar off and to him that is near, saith the Lord, I will heal him. But the wicked are like the troubled sea when, I cannot, when it cannot rest, whose waters casteth up mire and dirt. There is no peace, saith God, to the wicked. So here in Isaiah, he proclaims what? To those that are contrite and humble, he revives their spirit and their heart. He says, I will not contend forever, neither will I always be wroth, for the spirit should fail before me and the souls which I have made the iniquity of his covetousness was I wroth and smote him and I hid me and was wroth and he went on forwardly with the way of his heart. So what was the admonition here? Lord said that he's the one that inhabits eternity and his, whose name is Holy. he says, with him also, where does he dwell? With him also, who is a, con- a contrite and humble spirit. So we need to maintain our focus and our humility and our, all of our mornings being contrite. We need to focus those things on serving the Lord because he is the only one that can provide deliverance to us. The suffering that Israel faced in the many examples that we see in the Old Testament provided one thing. When Israel lost their focus and their desire to serve the Lord and went after other gods, what happened? The Lord still maintained a way for them to be redeemed. but only if Israel was to be focused upon him with a humble and contrite spirit. We see that in the account where they're in captivity and their captors asked them to sing. And what happened? They said, we can't, we can't sing. How can we help but sing? We miss our homeland. they hung their harps upon the willows and they cried and they wept. Brothers and sisters, that's what happens when we place our life above serving the Lord. At a point where we realize that it's gone that far, but the Lord provides a better way for us. Let's look at Matthew chapter 19. Matthew chapter 19. Matthew chapter 19 and verse 16. It says, And behold, one came and said unto him, (coughs) Excuse me. Good master, what good thing shall I do that I might have eternal life? And he said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. But if thou wilt enter into life, keep the commandments. He saith unto him which Jesus said, Thou shalt do no murder, thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness. Honor thy father and thy mother, and thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And the young man saith unto him, All these things I have kept from my youth up up which what lacketh i yet jesus said unto him if thou wilt be perfect and go and sell that thou hast and give to the poor and that thou shalt have treasure in heaven and come and follow me but when the young man heard the saying he went away sorrowful for he had great possession then jesus said unto his disciples verily i say unto you that a rich man shall hardly enter into the kingdom of heaven And again, I say unto you, It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of the needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. When his disciples heard it, they were exceedingly amazed, saying, Who then can be saved? But Jesus beheld them and said unto them, With men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Then answered Peter and said unto him, Behold, we have forsaken all and follow thee. What shall we have therefore? And Jesus said, Verily I say unto you, that ye which have followed me in the regeneration, when the Son of Man shall sit on the throne of his glory, ye also shall sit with him upon twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And everyone that hath forsaken houses, or brethren, or sisters, or fathers, or mothers, or wives, or children, or lands, for my name's sake shall receive an hundredfold and shall inherit everlasting life but many that are first shall be last and the last shall be first so jesus counseled this young ruler and he says what can i do then what can i do to inherit eternal life and jesus speaks to him And tells him these things. He says, why callest thou me good? There is none good but that is God. But if thou wilt enter into life, keep the commandments. And he recites the commandments. And the ruler replies, I've done these things from my youth up. What should I do? And he says, I've seen the one thing. Sell all that you have and follow me. That wasn't much to ask, was it? But to the man that had placed most of his trust in his possessions, that was a grievous thing to him. It doesn't say what he did, but it says that he left sorrowful. Well, what are you getting at, preacher? It's... The Lord gave all of his life for us. The least we can do is give our life up for him. Just as Micah said, do what? He said, do right. Have affection for God's mercy. Behave ourselves humbly. Those are who serve the Lord. That's what he was asking the rich wrong ruler here to do, to do as well. Why? All these things that he had were going we're gonna to go away. They're going to pass away at the return of the Lord. There's not a thing on this earth that we can take with us when we go. The only thing we can take with us is the Lord, is our service to the Lord. We've talked about previously investing our time, redeeming our time. Brothers and sisters, we have this opportunity now. Romans chapter 12, Romans chapter 12, Romans chapter 12 and verse 1, I beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. He did not say, hang on to what you have. He said, be ye transformed, changed, by the renewing, by the renewing of your mind, the changing of your mind that ye may approve what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. That's what he desires from us. Do we do it? (coughs) Setting ourselves aside as an acceptable sacrifice. From what knowledge we have of sacrifice, did the Lord take pleasure when they brought a crippled or maimed animal to sacrifice? No. He he accepted an animal that was without spot and without blemish. We see this example in Christ. He was without spot or without blemish when he was crucified on the cross. I'm reminded of the hymn that we sing, I Surrender All. It says, all to Jesus I surrender, all to him I freely give, I surrender all. Those are the words of a man, it sounds like to believe that the Lord deserved to have his life surrendering all. That's the admonition there. Let's look at Romans 13 verse 11 i promise i'm not preaching through the whole the whole book so just you know bear with me we're almost done y'all i hear stomachs growling i think romans chapter 13 and verse 11 it says in that knowing the time that now is high time to awake out of sleep for now is our salvation nearer than when we first believed the night is far spent and the day is in hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting or drunkenness, nor of chambering, nor of wantonness, nor in strife or envying. But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfilling the lust thereof. First thing he says there what we, where we started in verse 11 is knowing the time. Last week we talked about redeeming the time. But do we know the time? We don't know when the Lord will return. But we see the signs and the things that the world manifests to alert us that his return is coming. But he's telling the brethren there, it is high time to awaken out of sleep. Be awake. I notice that I am far less observant when I'm tired. Driving home at night, Donna gets on to me if I am dozing off, which it does happen. Two or three times she'll say, "Hey, are you awake? Wake! your eyes are closed or you're you know, you're you're drifting." And probably at the fourth time I'm like, "I I finally go okay." It's time for you to drive. And in those times, I'm at more risk of having an accident and hurting the two people that are in the vehicle with me because I'm not as observant as I should. So you get the, you get the example there. We need to be sober. We need to be awake. We need to be paying attention. Why? Because the time is nearer than when, it first, when, we, when we first believed. The warning and the admonition here was that we need to be aware of what's going on. He says, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness. Let us put aside those things which were formerly practiced and put on the armor of light. We always talk about the the children's song, This Little Light of Mine. If we've got things covering up that light, how can people see it? Brothers and sisters, it's our focus on the the word of God, the encouragement that we have with one another and paying attention to what he says to us. If we truly draw strength from him, he delivers us from those things that we struggle with the problems that we face, the things that come upon us in our life. Being in spiritual preparation for serving the Lord. He goes on, let us walk honestly as in the day where it's revealed. Not in those things like rioting, drunkenness, chambering, wantness, strife, or envy. Those things are things that we shouldn't be doing. You all know this. But he says what? Put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. How do you put on Jesus, Brother Tyler? We put on Jesus by doing what? Reading the word of God. Reconciling our lives with what Jesus' life was. Being concerned with putting aside these things which the world promotes. Encouraging one another. Strengthening one another. Praying. Brothers and sisters, our service to Lord is not a one-time thing. It is an ongoing, continual process. It requires ongoing Submission to the Lord. And with the Lord, we can make these things happen. But it's only with the Lord that we can make these things happen. Placing our faith and our trust in Him. First Peter chapter 1. First Peter chapter 1. In verse 3. Says, Blessed be the God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again, unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, received to be revealed in the last time, ready to be revealed, not received. Wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations. That is the trial of your faith, because being more precious than the gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto the praise and honor and glory of the appearing of Jesus Christ. Whom having not seen, ye love, and whom though ye see him not, ye believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory." Receiving the end of your faith and the end of salvation of your souls. Of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently and prophesied of the grace that should come unto you. Searching what, or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ which is in them did signify when it testified beforehand of the suffering of Christ and the glory that should follow. Unto whom it was revealed that not unto the themselves, but unto us that did minister the things which are now reported unto you, by them that have preached the gospel unto you with the Holy Spirit, sent down from heaven which things the angels desire to look into. Wherefore, gird up your loins of your mind, be sober and hope unto the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lust of your ignorance, But as he that hath called you is holy, so ye be holy all in manner of conversation. Because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. And if ye call on the Father, who without respect of person judgeth according to every man's work, pass the time of your sojourning here in fear. For as much as ye know that ye have not redeemed with corruptible things as silver or gold, from your vain conversation received by the traditions from your fathers, But with the precious blood of Christ, as of the lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily has foreordained before the foundation of the world, but is manifest in these last times for you, who by him do believe in God that raised him up from the dead, that gave him glory, that your faith and hope might be in God. Seeing ye have purified your souls and obeying the truth through the Spirit uh, unto unfeigned love of the brethren, See ye the love, love ye one for another with pure heart, fervently, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. For all flesh is of grass, and the glory of man is a flower of grass, and the grass withereth, and the flower thereof falleth away. But the word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word by which the gospel is preached unto you. That's a long reading there. But he says what? Wherefore, gird up your loins of your mind, be sober and hope unto the end of grace that is brought unto you as the, at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Girding up our loins of our mind, protecting, being prepared, being submissive, being holy setting ourselves aside to worship God. We don't come in on services on Sunday and punch a clock and then punch a clock when we go home and that's it. We're on our time. We punched a clock a long time ago, most of us. And we're also an example for our children and those that are new in the faith and those that are not in the faith yet. Yet that we so desire to see serve the Lord. So let us continue to remember these things with which the scripture attests to. Oh, As in verse 22, seeing ye have purified your souls and obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren. See that you love one another with a pure heart fervently. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. We we need to maintain our focus on serving the Lord as the Scripture calls us to. Let's go back over to Micah chapter six. Micah chapter six, and we'll close. Micah chapter six, we'll read in the same verses we read again. It says, wherewith shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before the high God? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves of a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with a thousand rams or the ten thousands of rivers of oil? And shall I give you uh, my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He has shewed thee, O man, what is good, and what doth the Lord require of thee, but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with the Lord. And the Lord's voice crieth unto the city, and the man of wisdom seeth thy name. Hear ye the rod, who hath appointed it. That last verse there, it says, The Lord's voice crieth unto the city, and the man of wisdom shall see thy name and hear ye the rod, and who hath appointed it. So the last thing we look at here, it says the man of wisdom seeth thy name, the Lord's name. We know that the rod is spoken of for correction, discipline. So may we hear the Lord's voice and recognize it and submit to it. How do we maintain making wise choices in life? We typically keep counselors and people that provide good advice. I've always made the statement that advice is this. Advice can be received or it can be rejected. A good counselor gives good advice, right? Bad counselor gives just that, bad advice. And it is our choice to heed or to not to heed. But in Micah here, it it says something we need to pay attention to. It says, He hath showed thee, O man, what is good, and what doth the Lord require of thee, to do justly, and love mercy, and walk humbly with thy God. Brothers and sisters, let's maintain our focus on God. We know what he requires of us. Let's do it. And the only way we can do it is together. And the only way we can do it is by focusing on what he's given us. As David read, we read over there that David said in the psalm, his enemies were innumerable and he couldn't keep his eyes focused on above, but what did he cry for? The Lord's help. Brothers and sisters, we can receive that help if we would just be willing to listen and to watch and to pray for it. That's all I have for you this morning. I thank you for your kind attention and I ask that you all stand and we'll be dismissed. You put up with me for about 45 minutes today.